Ooh, 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 we're back. Yes, yes, we're back for Rescribed. Yes, yes, yes. I'm happy to be here, guys. I'm happy to talk to you. Um, this is a different one. I'm not streaming this one because I felt like shit when I was gonna stream, but hey, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. We're back, we're live, we're here to read a great script. Well, I'm not sure if it's great. We'll have to find that out together. We're gonna read a script based on a short film from David F. Sandberg. Now he's made quite a few really good uh, films. He made the Conjuring movies? No, no, no. Annabelle, Annabelle, that's what I'm thinking of. He made Annabelle movies. And this is like one of his, this is his debut film. And um, of course he did uh, Shazam. I personally love Shazam, but whatever, whatever, whatever. We're here to read some great horror because this kind of fucked me up a little bit. Kind of, kind of, just, just a tad, just a tad. All right, that's enough from you, glass animals. We had, we had enough. I love you. Let's get into something. Okay. All right, we are reading. Lights out. I'm very excited to read this with you guys. Um, I watched this the other day. Very, uh, very exciting. Very good read have a about four or five scenes hmm. ah. we'll see we'll go through it but uh let's begin and read lights out a story by david of sandberg screenplay by eric heiser heiser i heard this name before a couple couple times and here's how we begin. From a ceiling angle, right up against a buzzing, occasionally flicking overhead bulb, a man in his cluttered office paces back and forth on the phone. This is Paul, 40s, a man with gentle eyes whose body cannot hide symptoms of stress and exhaustion. Deeply concerned. I've tried that, she won't go. Windows in the office look out in a larger warehouse, full of racks of clothing, mannequins, bins of coat hangers. Paul flicks through the pages on a web browser as he stands at his desk, switching a phone to the other ear. Rebecca, she's our own train wreck. I see her maybe once a year. Can't expect her to help us. Paul listens to the person on the other end of the phone call. Not as long as he agrees with them. All the while he's absently toys with his wedding band on his ring finger with his thumb. I don't know. Like this? I, I assume like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like clicks on in the warehouse. A young man named Keith. Twenties crosses the aisle to the office door. That is nuts. In the film, that is not him. It's a different person. It's a lady. I don't believe we know her name. 
I, I think he does say her name, but it's very early in the movie. I don't really remember. I'm sorry. He knocks and enters. Holding tablet. Okay, so. Paul covers mouthpiece with his hand. Inventory all good? Keith holds up the tablet, an app glowing on its screen. More overages from J4. None of it's fall collection. They're still treating us like a dumping ground for that failed line. Ship back. I hear you. I'm not saying it isn't a tough call. Keith mouths the word tonight. Paul sees the plea in Keith's eyes and waves him off. Mouths back tomorrow. Keith puts his hands together and bows at Paul. Then leaves, shutting the door quietly behind him. We switched HMOs last month. Get into prescription is sort of a bit of pain. She's been off her meds and now I keep... Just rough. I haven't slept much. Motion activated warehouse lights click off. Having a space outside the office is dark. Nothing but black shapes huddled together. You and Craig were at our wedding. She'll listen to you. Get her to stop locking herself in a closet. So we don't call it an intervention. As Paul shuts down the applications on his computer, gets down to the desktop wallpaper image. Paul, Sophie, and Martin. Hair that hints warning. Manic. Ooh. That's, uh, that's interesting. That's what I, uh... Ah, uh, okay. So, I'm writing a script right now. This is what I'm forgetting to do. Little descriptions like that. You know? You think all these reading, I would remember that. <laughs> I need to do that. I need to do short descriptions of... Then again, I don't do that because I... Don't know who's exactly gonna play. It's a short film. I'm not like going out getting great actors. Short film. I get anyone I feel like can pull off the role. Any friends, honestly. I know Martin would love to see you tonight. Really taking a toll on him. A beat. Then Paul closes his eyes and leans back. In great relief, not in again. Thank you, Donna. I'll be home in the next hour. See you both then. All right. Bye. All right. Let's talk about this a little bit. This is not in the script. Everything before this line is not in the script. Uh, before. Keith walks in, whoever the hell it is. After Keith leaves, the rest of this is not in the script. I think he does say she will listen to you. That's it. But it switches to the lady who is creeped out. Okay. Okay, so the script doesn't have the most iconic part of this, which is 
great budget filmmaking. As I, I keep bringing up. I think I brought it up when I talked about Evil Dead. Because I love that. I love budget filmmaking. How fucking good you could do with like little to no money. But there's this great scene. And it perfectly establishes this preacher. This demon, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I want to find it. We're going to find it. We're going to we're going to watch it. Where is this fucking scene? Okay. Got a lot of shit. Shut up. Oh, there's a short film. This is a bit of it. I'm not going to show. This is not the scene I'm showing. But yeah, this is a bit of it. I'm not going to read the rest of this. Because. Also. Yes, I will have to warn you. This is a horror movie, so. See how great this is. That loud as shit. But yeah, that's. That's the scene I wanted to show. I, not not the scene I went to show. That's what's not described in this. See, that's the great part of this. It clearly establishes all that only in the dark. Clearly establishes moves in the dark. Got closer. Very scary. It's very uh very um innovative. I want to say because I don't think we've really seen anything like that until then. That's a great one, and you could see. That's how the short film was uh, presented. I believe it's just this scene. This opening scene is a short film. Then, yeah. They expanded it into this feature-length film, which is great. But, yes, let's get back to the film. He hangs up. The tension is drawn to that wallpaper. Help is on the way. It's unclear whom is in the family photo he's saying it to. With a wink, the PC powers down. See, yep, that's not in it. You don't see who's in the family. You don't see the family picture until the next scene. Like, oh. Yeah, the next scene, you see the kid. Like, oh, this is his family. And then you see the guy. We see Paul in there. I'm like, oh, okay. So he was the father. The square motion activated sensors tucked high in the corner clicks. It's red detection light winking off. And the warehouse lights sputter to life again. Paul locks the back office. His keys jangle. 
makes his way towards the storefront, traversing an aisle of dresses hanging on racks. Something clatters in one distant corner. Paul pauses. Paul pauses. Sorry, that's just listening, looking. Keith? Still there? Silence. Paul stands on tiptoes, pure racks. No movement. Lights click off. Paul turns around, staring at the motion activator. Come on. Waves his arm at it, trying to trigger it. Behind him, at the end of the aisle, a dark silhouette slides out from between the racks of clothes. It seems tall, with long, unkempt hair that disguises the shape of his head and neck. And oddly, doesn't seem to be wearing clothes. The shape is too smooth, too raw. Paul isn't aware of it. The motion sensor still doesn't wink on. In the dark, it's a small red detection light glows wanely. Paul waves with bigger gestures. Silhouette advances for him, slowly at first, to pick it up speed. Okay, again, in the actual film, she doesn't move that fast. No, she doesn't. She just... Just teleports, kind of. It looks like she's teleporting, but she's not. You very rarely see her moving. Like, actually moving. Not until later, where... Obviously, she would have to attack. Like in the scene I just showed. She moves like that. There's no one else in the aisle besides Paul. Paul turns around and notices the hanging dresses a few feet away from Swain, as if brushed by someone's shoulder. Hello? Paul hurries for the door. Paul rolls a metal security gate down in front of the entrance. The clothing store for the clothing store front. Oh, sorry. Locks the gate with his keys. The mall is quiet as a museum at night. Must be October because Halloween decorations are out. <laughs> yes, it is. <sighs> Happy Halloween, you fucks. Ghosts, the bats hanging on fish wire. Scarecrows amid hay bales. Witches, pointy hats. Kiosk. Old places dimly lit, mostly shut down. It's clear Paul was working past closing time. Where the shops are lit, not even hallway. Just the shelf lighting under the planters. The occasional kiosk lights showcasing some ad or mall map. Paul makes his way for parking garage. He passes the kiosk. Shadows cast upon a wall beside him, advancing as he continues past, stretching at a slanted angle. Okay, so yes, this is a lot of uh, stuff that's not in the film. Yet yeah, this part, where he picks up the phone, he says, hey kiddo, I'm coming home now, promise I'll be there soon. How's mom doing tonight? Yeah, better. That is how it opens. 
that is how like the original conversation goes wait no 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 i apologize i apologize no when he hangs up the first time he immediately calls his son and say that then he leaves the room This is very, very odd. I'm sorry, this is odd to me that this is. It's easy, even more odd because it's a completely different place. It's not in a garage. It's in that hallway. And the room. Yeah, no cars are there. So that's what's really intriguing to me. Also, it's a lot more. Watching it, it's very simple. Very simple. Like, you would just think, oh, she's down the hall. Lights flicker. She gets a little closer. Creeps him out. Okay, so let's see. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Montage. There's no montage in it. Let's let's just uh let's just continue going. Martin sits up in bed, still under the covers. He listens. He stares at his bedroom door, and hangs open a crack. He can hear it murmured conversation, as if someone is on the phone down the hall. Martin makes a face. His struggle to be brave plays out in his body language. Then hops out of bed. Martin steps into the hall and travels past the upstairs bathroom to another door at the far end. The master bedroom, half closed. Martin can hear his mother's voice in the room. Mommy? Martin pushes the door open, revealing. That's the clothes, empty glasses, and straight plateware. This is a horror's room. In one corner, the light from the master bathroom offers a crease of light in this otherwise dreary, dark space. In the other corner, Sophie stands at the open doorway to the master closet in profile, muttering to herself. She looks worse than in those photos. The manic is full-blown here. Her hair frazzled, her nails chewed. I just don't know what to do about it. I'm, I'm sorry. I really am. Mommy? Sophie turns to face Martin, surprised by him. Yes, Martin? Are you okay? That will be. Just not there yet. Did we wake you? Martin tenses at the pluralization. What? Go back to bed, sweetie. When one's wandering the hall is at this hour, should be grown-ups. Sophie stares tirely at her own son. Gives him a slight nod. Go now. Martin turns around. Takes two steps back for his room. I know. I know. He means well. Martin looks back over his shoulder. Sophie's returned to looking into the closet. Where a shadow slides along the door. Could it be cast by Sophie herself? The floorboard creaks inside the closet. 
Martin's breath catches. His nostrils flare. He hurries back down the hall for his door. Rushing in. Shut the door behind him. Locking it. Climbing into bed. Tense. Expectant. He stares at his door. Beats. Nothing happens. Martin begins to calm down. Click. The hall light goes out. Martin holds his breath. From down the hall, the sound of bare feet thumping on the hardware floors. He had a clicking of long nails. Right up to Martin's bedroom door. Martin grips his blanket like a Spartan shield. A tense beat. Quiet. Mommy? Scratching at the door like a cat, the doorknob jiggles. So from way further down the hall, deep in Sophie's room. Wanna kiss goodnight? Burns a swift and loud. No! The door, the doorknob stops jiggling. There is no sound of receding footsteps. Martin slowly sinks under the covers. Look up at his nightstand lamp. The bulb burns steadily. Hanging on that bulb, pressing in. Did it weaken? Did it just flicker? Settling in for another sleepless night. Alright, so this scene is establishing how fucked up Sophie is. Oof. Rebecca leads Martin up to the front door. Mom goes through phases like this. Just give her a while and she'll bounce back. Is she being so-so with anyone right now? Someone keeps coming over. Good. Who? Diana. This stops Rebecca in her tracks. She turns to face Martin. Her whole body language has changed now. Her hands make fists at her side. Her jaw clenches. What? Her name is Diana. Now we're watching Rebecca and Mark Martin through a crack in the curtains. Is Sophie watching? Who knows? Rebecca bends slightly to speak in a low tones with Martin. I know what you're going through. She did it to me after my dad left. Got off from heads and started talking to someone. Rebecca puts a hand on Martin's shoulder. I have bad dreams about Diana. But that's all they are. Because she isn't real, okay? Martin's face goes from hopeful confident. Hopeful confidant. To disappointed. Suddenly he looks more exhausted than an eight-year-old ever should be. Head bowed. If you say so. The door opens and Sophie steps out. The bathroom. Becca, is that you? Becca stands up and approaches Sophie. Hey, Mom. Sophie notes Rebecca's clothing color scheme. Feeling morning? I just like black. Sophie nods, conceding. She pulls Rebecca into a welcome hug. Good to see you. Takes a moment for Rebecca to hug back. Didn't expect one. You too. Martin moves past into the house. What are you doing home, little mister? Martin doesn't look back. He just marches for his bedroom. Over his shoulder, she'll tell you. Has been sleeping. Don't blame him. Bob is everything to us. 
Nearly everything. Are you seeing therapists? Sophie deflects by idly tidying me up. As she does. I'm not going to talk about my problems to some stranger. I've been through this before. You were there when Vic left me. You remember. Oh yeah. I remember. She looks around the room and spies half eating lunch on the coffee table. TV plays muted. First time we get a better look at the room with the new curtains. More of a cave now. Some boxes of clothes, Paul's, sit in the corner of the room like a hoarder starter kit. The lack of natural light mixed with the multicolor ambient TV light makes for a depressing if Maccabee fell. Feel. How long have you been off-roading? Sophie's poor me vibe disappears in a breath. She bites back. Excuse me? Frank gets a gym bag from his closet and begins to stuff various articles of clothing from his chest of drawers. The raised voices of Sophie and Rebecca be heard through the walls down the hall as Martin packs. Once again, I am here by myself trying to do it all on my own without any help. Help? Is that your code word for making someone listen to you complain about your life all day? Listen here, Rebecca Ann. Mark crosses from his bedroom to the bathroom across the hall, hefting his gym bag with him. Answer the question! You're not my doctor, you're my daughter. Why can't you just be on my side for once? Martin emerges with his toothbrush in hand. Heads back for the living room, glancing into the home office. Door halfway open. Martin stops, curious. The room that's typically closed to him. Down the hall, the fight continues. How'd you, how about you be on Martin's side? Have you thought about that? Martin slowly approaches the door to peer inside. Shadow on the wall moves. Something's in there. Startled. Martin hurries for the living room. Mother and daughter still going at it. Are you seriously accusing me of being a bad mother? You of all people? Can we talk about Martin without you jumping into that idea? Come on! Excuse me for being upset that I have to raise him without his father. Look how you turned out. This cuts Rebecca deep. Let's it fester. She'll start crying. Instead, Jordan's up. I'm gonna give you some time. When you aren't to when you aren't totally manic, you ca you can call me. Until then, I'm not letting Martin stay here. Martin Packer Martin steps in, tense, carrying his bag and backpack. I'm ready. Sophie's shocked. Martin, honey, come on now. Rebecca's now powered again, authoritative. Let's go. Rebecca leads Martin out the front door. Sophie is hot in their tracks. You two planned this, didn't you? Nobody planned anything, Mom. Martin looks back. That is a mother with a gentle look of pure sympathy. On his way out. I'll be back as soon as I can. Take your vitamins after dinner. Alright, now we're gonna get to another we're gonna get into another horror scene. Now we're in Rebecca's bedroom. Rebecca sleeps, spooning a set of covers partially turned back. She's made visible in four second intervals by the bright neon light from the sign outside the window. 
faint scratching sound somewhere in the room. Cutter stirring her sleep. She wakes and she finds she's alone in the bed. Rebecca sits up, blinks, look around. Martin? The neon winks off to reveal a silhouette in the door. Small, partly enveloped in shadow from the room beyond. Scratching comes from somewhere in that direction. What are you doing? The neon lights up the room in a green glow, revealing nothing in the hall. And it goes out. Silhouette is back. Scratch continues. Rebecca reaches over to turn on the bedside lamp. Click, but nothing happens. Click, click. Nope. You need to flip the light switch by you. You need to flip the light switch by you. The outlet is... Here, she gets out of bed. Neon light returns, illuminating the doorway. No one is there. Rebecca frowns, takes a step forward, cautious. Beats. The light goes out again, revealing the silhouette still there. Rebecca's breath catches. Martin? Shadow rises now from its small, hunched-over state to something taller than Rebecca by a foot. Rebecca backpedals, stumbles, hits the hardwood floor. The silhouette takes a step into the room. Something like toenails click against the wood surface. Ugh. Rebecca's trapped by the bedroom door. Her only way out? Adrenaline. Dumping into her system all at once. Then the neon returns, and the silhouette evaporates when the light washes over it. For a precious few seconds, Rebecca is safe. When Rebecca scrambles to get back up and rush for the wall switch by the door, slapping her with her hand, she's in a wash of light. Click! Bedside lamp turns on. Rebecca's alone in the lit room, suddenly out of breath, but alone. In the bathroom, Rebecca steps in. The light is already on in there. She takes a hard look at herself in the mirror. Glances down at her arm with old scars. Tucks her arm to the, to her side, like she's trying not to think about it. She makes a small sound, a small sound in the room with her. In a heartbeat, she's back to fight or flight mode. The shower curtain is drawn part way. Becca advances slowly. She relaxes and she sees Martin asleep in a dry bathtub basin in his pajamas. He clutches his flashlight to his chest. Using a towel for a pillow, Becca sits down on the tub's edge and watches Martin sleep. Her attention drifts back. Bathroom door to the hallway beyond, questioning what just happened. Now, see? You get a little bit of horror. You see how fucked up this could be. Yeah. I don't know why I turned to Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, oh yeah, I turned into Macho Man Randy Savage for a little bit. No, no raspy voice, though. Now you get the raspy voice. Oh yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm just adding a little fun to this. <laughs> but hey, let's continue on. Let's get into this. Rebecca shuffles in, hand over her eyes, her body language screams, What the hell am I doing? This is after um, child services come in. Like, hey, you can't take her away from his mother. 
You know, you gotta go through the system. You gotta make sure that she cannot, she is not fit to. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Becca shuffles in, hand over her eyes. Her body language screams, what the hell am I doing? She bends down to pick up a t-shirt of hers off the floor. And when she does, she freezes. Pinches are very riveted to something on the floor. Stick figure and a dress has been carved into hardwood flooring. The name scrawled beneath it. Diana. Ooh. I like that you have that in there too. That's very nice. Rex shudders. Crouches down and traces some of the letters with her finger. It's triggering some memory. Her gaze wanders off the floor and up. As if she starts to see it in the same room. All while darkness approaches her around her until... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yes, this is the flashback. Earlier I said... Earlier I said there's no flashback, but yeah, this is flashback. I'm sorry. Hey, listen, bud. I, I know I've been a little distant lately, and I really want to fix that. How about a popcorn and movie night tonight? Yes, mm -hmm, please. Mm -hmm. Good. I think a little personal time is just what we need. Okay, the Three well. of us. Mom? Huh? How about just you and me tonight? Okay? We'll see. No, this is actually interesting. This is very interesting. A lot of this is not in the, uh, the script. Like this whole scene, not in the script. So now we're going to skip ahead a little bit in the script. You get to see it. See, you see a little bit of this. Also, Child, how can you see with all that light? Okay. Ah, now that's better. Now being blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. bring me a very light breakfast. Black how you doing down there? I'm fine. See how you doing over there? The silent glance, nothing returned. I'm going to be fine. Smiles. I am. You watch TV some more then. I miss your dad. He made me feel strong. He made me feel protected and um I think I need to feel those things sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you do too. I'm okay. That question suggests he clearly does, yet. Uh Sophie makes the classic noise through her teeth. Acts like she's strong. And she is sometimes. But blah, blah. let me tell you what Oh, she talks shit about her. She abandoned me, That's, and I don't want that to happen part to you. All that makeup, a lot of music. Sometimes the strongest thing to do blah, blah, is blah. just to face your fears. That's, That's what, what Emma told me. Emma is the child yeah. services lady. Beat. Sophie looks at Martin with newfound right. respect. Smiles. I'll be back. Sophie crosses, leaving Martin on the couch. Martin grabs the remote and pauses the TV. And she, did she just do it? Let's go out. Mom. Sophie's back okay, in the breath. Well, okay. Mark stand up. She puts her hands on his shoulders firmly. Mark goes from zero to sheer panic. And her position between Martin and TV, Sophie casts a long, dark shadow over him. Extends to the edge of the room. Look at me. And later, I have 
I found out something but we really told to the crazy reference one part nostalgia one part stalking the news had it wrong you see and she was she was still in that there. shadow something moves and she finally came back mom he tries to look back not no, sure if he to wants to see, shadow see, extends I left her alone for so moving on its own no not extending getting close okay as long as I keep my head clear and you keep the lights out Okay. Whoa. I turned off lights. We're getting a little creepy. Damn. So now you guys see like how fucked up the horror is. It's really good. It's a. Uh... I just realized. You know the thumbnail for Insidious? Isn't that the kid from um? The boys. I don't know. Um. But yeah, you see how great the horror is. How fucked up it is. It could be very scary. Very well done, and I really enjoy like how they set things up, how they talk about things. Makes it feel like very natural, real. This is why I really enjoy this film, the script. Also, uh, another reason I really enjoy the f the film <laughs> cuts the shit. <laughs> like, we're like, oh, something's going on. We're just gonna run away from it from a bit. Then we're gonna find out what's going on. Then we're gonna confront it. No, this one's like, all right, this shit is actually real. <laughs> Let me go find out what's going on. We're gonna get this shit done with. <laughs> we ain't fucking with this shit. That's what I really enjoy. Also, is it weird that I'm sitting in the dark? Is she right there? You know, if I had any fucking um, time or energy or creativity, <laughs> I would Photoshop her in right here. You'll see her, but no. Also, yes, credit to Warner Brothers. I hate to say it. <laughs> but yes, this is their film, so yeah, of course they have credit. Okay, so we're skipping ahead a lot because this is a very lengthy um, showdown, climactic showdown. is very good. So you could see Diana in black light. There is a black light downstairs in the basement where she locked them. Diana tricked them. She cut out the power and got Rebecca and Martin downstairs. The boyfriend, Brett, is... <laughs> ran away because she was chasing him and um he got cops the cops showed up they're still trapped in the basement diana is running around you can see her for the first time very disgusting and um the cops are in the house so of course the cops don't know anything about this they see her well, I'm not going to say what happens because it kind of happens again. And it's very interesting and I love it. Also, oh yeah, there's a great scene where he just has his phone. Where's my phone? Oh shit, I'm stupid. My phone is in my pocket. Where he just has his phone. Light comes on. It's very bright. She disappears right in front of him. Then his phone goes out like this. You see how my phone is on? 
get a little bit of light. A little bit of light. But watch when it goes out. She's there. Kills him. She doesn't kill him. But yeah. She's there and attacks him. I believe that's when he runs out and goes to the car. Turns on the car. The little headlights come on. And she disappears. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. There's some great innovative stuff in this film. Um, So let's get into the big showdown. So I think I summarized it decently. Well, let's get into it. Rebecca looks for Gomez, one of the officers. And sees a silhouette approaching from down the hall. Smoke thins, revealing it's Gomez, staggering back. She's being held up like a puppet. Then she falls, collapsing in a lifeless heap of a dozen feet. And Rebecca. But her silhouette remains standing. Diana. That is great. Diana was a puppeteer behind Gomez like a physical shadow. Rebecca, wide eyed with fear, grabs hold of Martin, starts crawling away from Diana. Holding out the black light. Diana's arm moves like a snake. Striking. And knocks the light out of Rebecca's hand. It smashes against the wall. The bulb shattering. Rebecca turns and pushes Martin for the door. Go. She runs. She does get far. Diana grabs Rebecca by the neck. And shoves her into the floor. Pitch black claws. And circle Rebecca's throat. She can't breathe. Struggling against Diana. Fists pounding and legs buckling. It's like fighting an Onyx, Onyx statue. Ooh, Onyx from uh, Pokemon, yeah. Martin returns in a panic. Stop it. He's backhanded. Thrown back. Diana's attention returns to Rebecca choking the life out of her. Black hair dangling on Rebecca's face. Ugh. Then, I told you. Okay, wait. Again, very different than the film. Because there's a chase. She she goes up. Rebecca goes up to her mother's room. Mother's knocked unconscious. The door is locked. She can't get in, so... Diana throws Rebecca down the stairs. Off scaffolding, down the stairs. And then gets her. But that's not in the script, which is interesting. And then Sophie. I told you. Sophie stands in the room, pointing one of the officer's handguns at Diana. Gone is the matic woman we know. Standing here, legs slightly apart. It's a woman of pure determination. You don't hurt my kids. They won't let me be your friend. Sophie fires. But we know the result. Diana blinks out of existence for that moment of muzzle blast. Rebecca sucks in a breath for a second before Diana returns and immediately clamps down on her neck. That won't hurt me. And Sophie puts the gun to her own head. This will. Then. Thought I was right. I let you in. I let you stay. You're here because of me. That Diana's. This gets Diana's attention. Chokehold on Rebecca eases up. Just enough for Rebecca to croak out the words. Mom, what are you doing? Close on Sophie. A tear streaks down her cheek, but she stays with conviction. Conviction. Saving your lives. 
sound of a single gunshot that causes Diana to vanish in mid-screech. Rebecca sits up coughing. She can't take her eyes off. Her mother's body in a heap on the floor, dead, eyes welling with tears. Cross to Sophie. Oh. Martin comes in to see the aftermath. He doesn't come in. He's outside with Brett, the boyfriend, crying. So they hear all of that happening. They are like right outside. And of course, there's like police siren lights up there. So she's not out there. Outside looking into the bay window, two small figures, Rebecca and Martin, huddle over the dead mother. The body shut her from her sudden grief. Then Rebecca raises her head. See the silent well of raw pain. See, again, not in it. None of this is in it. Shadow remains on the spot. Ooh, that... That's interesting. Why is that there? Because that's not in the film. Again. Like immediately after. There's ambulance. And they're taking her away. And blah blah blah. And here. Later still. Rebecca and Martin sit on the back bumper. Parked ambulance. Both of them are wrapped in blankets. They look utterly spent. Brother Poachers. Little worse for wear or bottles of water for them. Rebecca scoots over so he could sit with them. For a beat, they simply lean on each other. Then Rebecca nudges Brett. I thought it was too much for you. And you ran off. But you came back. Of course. Rebecca looks at Martin who gazes up at her like a lost puppy, unsure of his future. So did I. I'm here to stay. That's how it ends, by the way. What the hell is this? Oh, wait a minute. That was how it ends. Because then you just see, like, the lights flicker. Like, oh. Maybe she's still there. Maybe she's not. Then it. No. Rise up and out. Blah, blah, blah. We're done. Credits. We're not going to read this. I don't know what the hell all this is. I apologize. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. This has been a good one. Um, Very chill. Very uh nice. I feel like I'm singing again. Am I singing? You tell me. Lights are out. There's light here, so she's not here. She's not with me. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. This has been a good one. Probably one of our shorter ones. A very short episode of Rescribed. Showed you like four scenes, really, so. We got it. Four or five scenes. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. Yes, of course. I'll be back very soon. Continue with more Rescribed. There's something that has a bit of an anniversary coming up, and I think we need to go a little lighter on the horror movies, you know?
We've done the witch. We've done lights out. We've done Black Swan, which kind of is a horror movie. I think we need to lighten things up. We'll lighten things up next time on Rescribed. But for now, I'm going to head out. And I'll see you guys when I see you. Peace. Wanna be a legend, rap one, remember what I said then? Now we rockin', now we rollin', now we rockin', now we rollin'. We keep goin' for all time. Keep playing my rhymes for all time. We keep goin' for all time. Keep playing my rhymes for all time. I wanna be a legend, rap one, remember what I said then? Now we rockin', now we rollin', now we rollin'.